We're recording this at about 1.30 on June 15th, 2019. So by the time you're hearing this, it might not be too late. Go wish your father a happy Father's Day. And speaking of which, happy Father's Day to both of our dads, because without them, we would have two fewer listeners. <laughs> happy Father's Day! Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast. It's a hockey show and the Stanley Cup has finally been given out. And, you know, Brett Hall sounds like Ric Flair. It that was, was amazing. all exciting. Are you ready? Let's go <laughs> Darren, what do you think about the whole series? The finals are done. St. Louis won in seven, which I believe you predicted. I predicted in six. Oh, right. Okay. But I still predicted them winning, so I'll take it. I Oh, that's right. I was the one who said Boston would win, but if St. Louis was going to win, it would be in seven. Yeah, but that doesn't count. So you I feel that. like that's... Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. All right. He said Boston in six. I said St. Louis in six. So we're, we're both wrong. We're both wrong. But, but you I'm were closer? Wrong. Yes. Uh-huh. I am so happy Boston didn't win, and I don't have any special affinity towards St. Louis, but seeing a franchise uh, that's neutral to me win their first ever title I think is pretty cool. Seeing all those fans get something to celebrate about, and then kind of a... I won't say revitalize, because I don't think St. Louis was ever a poor franchise fan-wise, but... Seeing how that place came alive for the playoffs and how much they appreciated their team winning a cup for that city is really cool to see. And I thought, you know, maybe it wasn't the most marquee matchup, especially for viewership in the Canadian market, but it still was, watching the cup get handed out to the Blues, I think was still pretty gratifying for a neutral fan. Yeah, I also have no special affinity towards the Blues, but I was, again, happy that Boston didn't win. I was happy that we have a new cup winner they have never won in franchise history so that's 50, always cool 51 years yeah that's pretty crazy yeah so uh that's always cool and also you know patrick maroon happy for that guy uh poor guy yeah well, no not poor guy poor oilers for losing that guy but great for him <laughs> that's the best way to rebound right the justin schultz pat maroon way go yeah. immediately win a cup and cleanse yourself of the oilers yeah stench I want to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. That might have been a bit too strong. That's <laughs> probably better than what I was thinking because I was going to say cancer. <laughs> oh, so. boy. Yeah, that's not great. So the one thing I found surprising about that when I was watching the end of the game is the con Smythe. I was like 99% sure it was going to Bennington personally, but I don't know about you. Did you see that coming? Um or did you have other theories as to who it was going to? I thought I thought the choice might actually be Tuka Rask, win or lose, because he was pretty lights out. I think maybe if the last game was lower scoring and O'Reilly hadn't gotten... I think he got two points in the last game, pretty critical mm-hmm. points. Maybe it would have gone to Rask. Even with a, that, what was that, game two that was 7-2 loss or something for them? Yeah, I still think he would have got it, because he, he shut them down... In a lot of in all the games that Boston won, that he was rock solid, and yeah. uh, I heard Elliot Friedman talking about 
how the voting goes on a radio hit one morning, and apparently you have to vote halfway through the third period of the game that you're in. And so it's kind of, it, I think it's kind of swayed depending on what happened that game specifically. Mm-hmm. So in the case of uh, game seven, I think that Ryan O'Reilly probably got the benefit of having a good game and it was fresh in people's minds and Tukarask. They were up 4 nothing at that point or yeah, something, right? And, and, to, and I, I, at the same time, I'm also surprised Bennington didn't get it because he was lights out at in the first period of that game. Yeah. Like, he, he kept the Blues in it almost single-handedly in the first period. So I'm not saying Ryan O'Reilly doesn't deserve it because he had a great series, but the goalies on either side definitely... Well, they were probably very close in voting, and I am surprised that one of them didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we even said that Ryan O'Reilly would be a factor for, in order for St. Louis to win, that he would have to step up and show up, and uh, he definitely did, so we'll pretend that we predicted that yeah. from the yeah, beginning, that was, right? Yeah, that was all us. We thought he would get all the points and break the, what was it? He had the most points in St. Louis playoff history, I believe it was with 29 in the playoffs or something like that. I should probably fact check that before I just throw it out there. But he did have an excellent playoffs, and he really came through for them in the final series. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So going forward into next season, uh, do you see any teams sort of taking anything from these two teams as, you know, St. Louis being a cup winner and a very similar Boston Bruins making it all the way to the finals. Do you see teams kind of emulating that in what they're picking up in the offseason? Yeah, there's a couple things that I think that other teams will copy. One is the massive defense of St. Louis. I've heard this said on a couple radio programs and podcasts that teams are really taking notice that it was really difficult for Boston's best players to get anywhere near the St. Louis goal because... As we said on the last episode, St. Louis's defenders are all huge. None of them under 6'2", none of them under 200 pounds. And, you know, that comes with long reaches and strides and long sticks and everything. And it's been pretty well documented that it was hard to get through those guys, which is not surprising at all. Combine that with, you know, they're not slow and they probably have high hockey IQ and systems and everything. I think that teams will be looking for bigger mobile defensemen, ones that can reach and poke the puck away and kind of just clutter the zone. And the other thing that's interesting is the goalies. Now, Jordan Bennington, as we know, started playing for the Blues in January. And in the regular season, he only played 35 games out of 82. So he would have been pretty fresh coming into the playoffs, not having played what you would expect a starting goalie to play. And Tuka Rask shared the workload with Yarrow Halak all season. Tuka Rask, as a pretty much bona fide number one goalie, only played 45 games out of 82. So he played every game in the playoffs because he was absolutely on fire. But I think teams will see that the goalie's got a ton of rest. Neither one played significantly more than half a season. So I think this whole 1A, 1B, you know, goalie tandem thing is really going to pick up steam. It has already. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams have that. But when two teams get to the final that had fresh goalies that hardly played half the season coming in, I think that we'll see some teams really lean into that from now on. So speaking of huge defensemen, uh, <laughs> segue. I, I 
wonder where this is going. Uh, Zidane Ochar has obviously been a huge factor in Boston's success. Uh, he unfortunately suffered a what for any other human being. Sorry, let me rephrase. What for a human being <laughs> yeah. would have been a season-ending injury. Yeah, and no he kidding. played through a broken jaw. But he's still got one year left on his contract with Boston. He is getting up there in age. He's still good, no doubt, but it looks like a kind of a former light of uh, what he used to be. Uh, what do you think of Zidano's future? Well, they're kind of going year to year with him, aren't they? Just kind of signing him to one or two year contract extensions, which is obviously smart for the Bruins because mm-hmm. don't want to lock him down for a long time. But he played top pairing minutes which is like high 20 minutes per game sometimes all season and in the playoffs and he's in his early 40s so that's that's pretty impressive and if he still thinks he can go i i don't see any reason why he can't just go another year if he's still playing top pairing minutes he's i don't think he's uh holding boston back if he starts to slow down then just you know, drop him down the lineup if he'll let you. I don't want to be the person to tell him that he's playing <laughs> playing third line defense for the next game. But, you know, he's a captain, and you don't get made a captain if you're just a bullheaded jerk. So I'm sure he would take it with grace if, yeah. if he needed a smaller role on the team. And add that to the stories that you hear on, on athletic sites and from reporters saying that the guy's an absolute madman workhorse. Like, yeah. he keeps himself in crazy shape. Him and Mark Giordano probably have some secret youth potion or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's pretty much earned the right to go as long as he wants. And he's still pretty effective when you're 6'9 and have a stick that's like three of your teammates combined. <laughs> then, you know, you you, can, you still have a chance to really help out your team. And combine that with high IQ and the fact that he can smash anybody along the boards and put them out for the rest of the game. I don't see him quitting. Like, next year, I guess we'll see what he looks like but i think he could go a couple more years yet just based on his iq and his size essentially Mm. yeah i i definitely don't disagree that boston would have no reason at this point to you know look elsewhere obviously like you said if he does seem to slow down or not do what he needs to do then you can drop his minutes a bit but uh, for me, it almost looked like it. It seemed like a, a last push for him. You know, the way he played that last series, the way he kind of struggled with that injury, but didn't quit. Now, you know, I get that pretty much all NHL players are not going to quit unless you tie them down to the stretcher, um, especially in the Stanley Cup Finals. But it seemed very much like a last-ditch effort for him. Like It's almost like he sees something, uh, the writing on the wall for him that maybe uh, other people aren't seeing. Uh, That was just my thought as to how it looked for him. Again, obviously all NHL players are going to be absolutely devastated when they don't win, but... It looked a lot more devastating to him, and I think that's because he kind of felt like this is one of his last hurrahs, if not the last yeah. one. But I mean, chances are he'll never get back to the Stanley Cup final. That's obvious. So I think that him realizing that was probably his last crack at a cup yeah. would do that. And also the fact that 
you know, he had that injury for most of the series. Yeah. That would be a big drain on a guy, anybody. And that's that's just brutal. Now, the one thing I can see also going in his favor is that a lot of the rest of Boston's decor are really young and mm-hmm. really talented. So I think they could really pick up whatever slack he leaves. And they really compliment him li- nicely because there's a lot of quick puck-moving defensemen who also have a bit of a mean streak and are young. So yep. that will also help him stick around when he's he can be paired up with someone like Krug or McAvoy who can really, really compliment him well. So, yeah, it may have been his last crack at a cup for sure. But uh, I... I think he probably still has a love of the game and loves being a captain on a young team so i think he'll probably stick around yeah he definitely does one of my favorite things about this series was uh, for boston anyways was you know when he got that injury and then he was you know basically wired up shut he couldn't play he couldn't speak but he was still on the bench at the last few minutes of that game just kind of like being a captain without speaking just kind of like encouraging guys and like that was really cool to see so yeah he definitely suits that role well and hopefully he continues to do that but uh i just wanted to ask on something else you said that you think this it's highly unlikely that they're going to get back to the finals next year now obviously that's because obviously the playoffs anything happens right Mm -hmm. anything and everything does as we noticed this year uh tampa (laughs) Uh, but do you think either of these two teams are going to see any a similar level of success next year, either in the regular season or in the playoffs? Do you think either of them can make it anywhere near as far as they did this year? I have a really hard time seeing Boston getting this far again because of the age of their core. I learned something. I learned that Brad Marchand is 31 already. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought he was still like late 20s, like 27, 28. I was like, he's 31? He acts like an 8-year-old. Yeah, he <laughs> does. And I, I, they said, oh, he won with them in Vancouver. I was like, he was there? He, I, I couldn't. For some reason, I still place him as a young player. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But add to that, Bergeron's 33, and he looked pretty slow. I Apparently, he had an injury in, in the finals, which really doesn't surprise me, but he's 33 and has a ton of defensive miles on him. Krejci is also older and has a big contract. He's the highest-paid player on the team, by the way, David Krejci, mm-hmm. $7.25 million. I think I believe he's 35 years old. They're getting up there. Chara, early 40s. Their main core is advancing in age now they're all still good but you really start to drop off and there's very few exceptions like you know chara giordano people like that who don't really drop off when they're that age but those are exceptions some of these guys are going to drop off bergeron and krejci for example and boston does have young good players but i don't think they have enough especially on forward to keep it going to get back to the finals now who knows they might surprise me but it'll be a really hard road for them to get back there i think again especially with tampa probably <laughs> coming back a little bit pissed that yeah, they got doing a bit better maybe <laughs> and toronto coming back a year older and better so yeah boston i'm not so sure they could make it st louis is interesting because they're a really deep team who are made up of a a sum of good, not amazing players. Mm -hmm. Like, Ryan O'Reilly's a good, solid player. Tarasenko, solid player. Jaden Schwartz, not a star. Very solid player. Some of these guys could become stars or superstars, but 
to me, they're just like a group of good to very good players with now a up-and-coming goalie and a very good defense. So I think they could make it back to the finals. Like, if they have natural growth and maybe their GM gives them a couple supplementary pieces and Bennington has another good year, why not? Like, why not St. Louis getting back there? They dominated after January. They went Mm -hmm. from last to first. So, you know, they have a young enough team. They have good enough pieces that can become better. And they have a young goalie that if he can continue what he started this year, then he's looking like a bona fide starter. So, yeah, I think Boston, or pardon me, I think St. Louis has what it takes to get back to the finals. I don't know how likely it is, but I think they have a shot. Uh, so back to our bracket that we set up at the beginning of these playoffs and that, uh, nine out of 11 people wrote off immediately. (laughs) Uh, we had some leaders early on that we told you about, uh, Mark and Eric, I believe they were Mark dot two and Eric dot one or something like that. Uh, but anyways, Mark and Eric both did extremely well throughout the playoffs. Eric was leading the whole time through. He actually had a Boston-St. Louis final predicted. That's crazy. So congratulations, Eric. I'm sure we'll come up with some sort of prize for you for that. Because wow, on being like a prophet. That's an, yeah. But unfortunately, Eric also had Boston winning in the finals, whereas Mark had St. Louis winning in the finals. So that alone took him over the edge. So Mark, congratulations. You are a winner. Yay! Yay. Applause. So, Mark, be sure to reach out to us once you hear this, because I'm sure you're listening like a good loyal listener that you are, uh, and we'll uh, arrange some sort of prize for you. Speaking of which, though, to all of our many loyal fans who love this show, maybe you could do us a favor as we kind of wrap up this very first season of ours and uh, you know, rate us on iTunes. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, apparently that's the one that makes the difference. Rate us on there. Tell your friends and family and coworkers even your enemies uh, about this show and anyone who you think might like it or might not, tell them anyways, I guess. Share it on social media. Get the word out there. That would help us a ton. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we're not sounding too begging. I don't think we do this a ton. Oh my God, please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) We need listeners. Uh, We figured, you know, we can do that once per season. So we took it at the end here. Yeah. So, uh, but speaking of which, this is kind of our season finale. But if you think the NHL season basically goes from the entry draft to the Stanley Cup Finals. We have a week until the entry draft and a new season begins. There's never really an off season in sports. So uh, be sure to uh, stick around and follow us on all the social medias we're on, which I believe is just Twitter at this point. Yeah, just one. Follow us on Twitter at PodcastBOA and uh, subscribe to this podcast so you can check out the next episode when it comes shortly after the entry draft. And then a couple weeks after that, there's free agency, so we'll definitely be doing another episode there. Then we might take some time off. Maybe. Maybe. Unless something happens with either of our teams. One of the moves to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Who will it be? Place your bets. Houston Oilers. It's almost like that's already a thing. (laughs) Aging building or incompetent management. (laughs) Take your pick. (laughs) Thanks again for listening, everybody. Once again, our theme song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat. We'll be back next week because the entry draft is on Friday, June 21st. 
so make sure to tune in after that for our analysis and definitely professional look at what happened over the draft. Thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>